everyone, and welcome to Minute 11 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today, and hopefully all week if he decides to stick around, is Sean German of the Next Scene Podcast. Welcome to the show, Sean. All right, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I um, I don't know how long I, I have. I'm I'm waiting on a plane. That's due to board any minute now. So as soon as that happens, I'll have to go. But you have me until then. Okay, well, maybe we'll get you on the flight also. How's that? During the course of the week. I'll, I'll... We'll see. Because, you know, flights never get delayed. Or no, of course not. So, uh, I'm not really no, Of course not. Great. <laughs> but, yeah, until then, I'm I'm very excited to, to talk about this film. Right. As, as a reminder to everybody who, who listened to the first episode, so Sean and his brother Brian actually did a – Groundhog Day minute by minute podcast where they did some special episodes and they actually did four special episodes about this movie. So I gave them a lot of credit for helping me think of doing this idea. And thankfully I got their blessing to to do it in this format where it's actually minute by minute instead of day by day. So it's the same but different. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate absolutely. That. I mean we just yeah, this is um I mean this I think this is just the greatest uh, Thanksgiving film. This there is, you know, the best Thanksgiving film, and as a holiday special, yeah, we broke it down over the the three days that um, that Neil and Dell are on the road together. But uh, yeah, this this film definitely deserves the you know an even deeper dive, the, the minute by minute treatment that you're giving it here. So uh, so thank you, yeah. and and thank you for having me as a guest. Well, and and you're, you're the third yeah. guest, so you know we we got you early on, and it, it was random also. So that worked out well. <laughs> All right. Well, minute 11 begins with a shot of the O'Hare arrivals board, and it ends with Dell chuckling, which we're, we're going to use that phrase quite often throughout the entire movie with Dell chuckling. Del, Del's the guy who likes to chuckle. You know, he, he's a chuckler. <laughs> yeah. Del, uh, you know, Del amuses himself even when he's not amusing the people around. Exactly. But that works. So why not? You know, we're, it he amuses the the viewer at the same time, and that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's us. We're the exactly, we're amused. So on on Friday we actually ended the episode by seeing the shot of the the flight status for, where it says "Welcome to O'Hare," and then we have a list of seven different flights, and it all says "delayed" on all of them. And as this minute begins in the first second, it all switches from delayed to canceled. So the first thing that I noticed here, and I, I noticed it last week also when we talked about it, is do you, do you remember, Sean, where they're flying from? So they're in um, – I know they're coming from New York. I don't know if they specify which um, which New York area airport specifically that, that Neil's flying out of. I assume it's LaGuardia since that's the first one. Now, this is the, the 830. Yeah, but, well, let uh, me – let me. It's the first one on the – Right. So in the second episode, I believe, when we get to see a shot of Neil's ticket, we see that he's flying from JFK to O'Hare. Okay. And then when we get to the airport, they show it's it's a, a quick shot of LaGuardia. And here they're actually telling us that he's supposed to be coming in from LaGuardia. So I'm not sure where the, the, the mistake is. Is the mistake on the original ticket or is the mistake throughout this entire – the rest – you know, these other places in the movie where they're mentioning LaGuardia. So, I, I mean, we'll never know. But there is a discrepancy, obviously. 
You know, maybe maybe yeah. he well, maybe he changed planes. Maybe he was supposed to go from from JFK and then switch to LaGuardia. That could be, but I mean, that's not mentioned in the script or in the movie at all. Uh, yeah. Well, his his coworker mentions a later flight, though. I think he just says, "No, John. You know, John just says I'm going to wait for the eight. That's all he says. Yeah. Yeah. Now he could just be. That could be. There's a you know. There's an eight o'clock flight from JFK, or it could just you know a shorthand abbreviating just saying the eight versus the six and knowing at that point in that conversation, he doesn't have to get, you know, exact down to the minute. Right. Exactly. But again, there, there is a discrepancy here. So we're not really sure where he's supposed, where he's supposed to be flying. It could just be that, that, you know, when they, they took this shot that they just made a mistake and just wrote LaGuardia instead of writing JFK. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a big deal. Like it could be, I mean, the, the cities are, are big enough that there could be flights depending on the airline, maybe different airlines. One flies... No, but he's on flight 909. He, he, he is on flight 909. It's the same flight number. Oh, so, oh, so that is his flight. <laughs> That's his flight. <laughs> and, and you know, it says that it's supposed to come in at 830. So, obviously, you know, the plane has already been delayed an hour and 45 minutes because originally he was supposed to get in at 645. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, I, I mean... I, I just love the fact that the way that the the sign switches so quickly from delayed to canceled, you know, it's, it's like you hit the jackpot, you know, and they're just constantly all, one after the other. They're just quickly changing them and stuff like that. I mean, I, I also wonder right. what what happens when someone cancels a flight. You know, what does it mean it's canceled? <laughs> you don't go. Into that. <laughs> um, yeah, and that and, and I mean, it, it makes sense that it's the local weather. You know that that it's not a mechanical thing, so it is something that would affect. Every flight right. coming into Chicago, maybe, maybe it's, it's Chicago weather. Maybe it's terrorists. Could it be? <laughs> I mean, we're not in Washington. Could be. But, uh, you know, um, it could be. I mean, this is uh, three years before terrorists actually showed up in Washington to take down the airport. So you never know. They never thought of this idea beforehand. Who knows? Right. Well, then it just turns into a, a diehard crossover. Yes. Yes. Which w- would be fun. You know, would, wouldn't you like seeing uh, uh, either Neil or Dell dealing with Hans Gruber? yeah i want to see yeah i want to see um uh hans dealing with dell uh for an evening and then he throws himself off the roof of the building (laughs) just to get away (laughs) yeah that makes sense sounds like fun (laughs) so we we get to see a shot of of this of the the arrivals sign and i mean they got seven different flights that are supposed to be coming in all at random times within an hour and a half uh, time period. So we got, uh, you know, LaGuardia, New Orleans, Des Moines, San Francisco, Roanoke, Houston, and Baton Rouge. And they mm-hmm. decide to cancel all these flights. So uh, I guess that really sucks for anyone who's stuck in O'Hare right now, because if it's because of the weather in O'Hare, they're not leaving the airport either. So then the next shot we get is a whole group of people waiting around <laughs> in the airport. Now the 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 irony of this is is that these look like people that are about to try and take flights out. They're not, you know, it has nothing to do with the arrivals. It has nothing to really do with Neil and Dell's flight that is being delayed. These are people who are trying to get out. Now I I tried counting how many people are in this scene. Did did you do that by any chance? No. What would I'm be guessing? Your, it's a lot. What would be your guesstimation? Um, Again, I I can't give an exact number. It, it's 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 a close guesstimation based on how, how I counted 
But what, what would, would you think? I would put it in if I if I can give you a range. I would guess like if you're and if you're counting like heads, like faces, I'm guessing in the range of like 70, 75, somewhere around there. Okay, I counted 120. Wow. Okay, that many. Yeah, there's a lot of people yeah, in here. They 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 got a lot. Yeah. Of, I, I wonder if they got real extras or they just, you know, John Hughes went to the airport one day when he knew that everyone was going to be waiting and decides to just take a shot and see see what goes on there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is great. Like, as you said, so this is, I, they don't really tell us, I assume this is O'Hare. These are probably people waiting to leave because at this point, Dell and Neil are on the plane. And then the next little thing will, will, will right. show us, you know, an exterior shot of the plane. And then we see them. So they've taken off. They're not in an airport, right. but I think, you know, so we don't necessarily need to see this. And these aren't people that Neil and, and Dell are going to interact with, but no, not at all. Um, see, it, it, would make... it adds to the, the atmosphere and the flavor uh, you know, the frustrations of holiday travel and, and weather delays and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's only it's only a few seconds, which is all we need just to kind of give us that that little bit of flavor of, you know, just the frustration um, right. and, and helplessness in that situation. Exactly. Now, uh, I, I think I think it might have been better if they would have shown us the people waiting for the flights to come in. Those would be more frustrated because here, you know, you're waiting for your loved one to, to come in on the air on, you know, on one of these seven flights that have been canceled. And now you're sitting there waiting for them and you can't leave the airport because of the weather also, you know, that type of thing, because there's really no direct connection between all these people that are that are supposed to be departing and mm -hmm. Neil and Delt and the sign saying that all those flights were canceled. So, no, and, I just I again, as you said, it's trying to give us the atmosphere and it works. I mean, you have people really just sitting on the ground waiting, not knowing what they're going to be doing, where they're going to go and things like that. So I looked around at these people and I was trying to find one person that would stand out among any among all of them. And mm -hmm. I actually see someone who's wearing a sweatshirt that has a very interesting symbol on it. So I went and looked it up and it's actually from the Sigma Alpha Mu fraternity, mm -hmm. which is known as yeah. Sammy. So, Sammy. So I decided to check to see what that is. So I, it was a fraternity that was founded in 1909. It was originally considered only an all-Jewish fraternity. And in 1953, mm -hmm. they opened it for all uh, religions to, to join in. Their headquarters were originally... How nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their headquarters are were were in New York, and now it's in Indianapolis. There are currently 150 chapters across the U.S. and Canada, and there are 67,000 members of this fraternity. So then I actually wanted to go a little bit deeper and try to figure out more information about this particular fraternity. And I actually found a list of prominent people who were part of this fraternity. So you have LeVar Burton, who's from Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. Marv Albert, who's a sports commentator. Ernie, yes. da Ernie Davis, who was the Heisman Trophy winner in 1961. You have Robert Zimmerman, who's known as oh. Bob Dylan, who mm -hmm. is from there. Paul Michael Glazer, who's an actor and director. Hank Greenberg, who was one of the first big Jewish baseball players. He played for the Detroit Tigers back in the 1930s. Bernie Madoff, probably not someone that anyone really wants to discuss. <laughs> Don Most. Do you know who that is? 
Don Most. You oh, might is know him. the guy from Happy Days. Yeah, it's Ralph Mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah, Ralph Mouth. Ralph Mouth. He's he's actually known as Donnie Most, but yeah, Don Most. Yeah, yeah I I know him as Donnie. That's what kind yeah. of threw me off. But I'm like Most. I know a Most. Why exactly. Familiar. <laughs> you have yeah. Philip Roth, who's an you know an author. Okay. Ron Silver, who was an actor. The actor. Okay. David Stern, who's the commissioner oh. of the NBA. Yeah. And then I found uh, Jim Hartug, who's an Olympic gymnast. It's just interesting, you know, to 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 find strange connections in movies like this. You know, obviously there's, I was, I was hoping that I'd find like John Hughes or Steve Martin or someone, you know, but I couldn't find anyone connected to the movie that actually is part of that fraternity. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so this, so yeah. So there's no real connection. It seems like this may have been either the extra showed up with his, you know, with his fraternity sweatshirt or uh, like you said, maybe just, John Hughes showed up with a, you know, camera in a, you know, in the actual O'Hare and said, oh, let's just shoot some, shoot some B-reel, you know, we'll just yeah. get some, some background <laughs> shots of people in an airport and just happen to catch, uh, you know, this guy with a sweatshirt. Exactly. Then we get a shot of the plane flying in the air. Now, this, this plane looks so fake. <laughs> this looks like they probably use like the same footage from airplane or something like that with the way they did it. Yeah, and actually, uh, according to IMDb trivia, um, that's what this is. This is uh, this is footage from the the film Airplane. Oh wow! The exterior okay. shot, and it's yeah, it 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 doesn't look real. The way it's moving, you could yeah, it's, it's like flapping its wings back and forth. They're not going for the the utmost in realism in terms of uh, this model plane. Well, I don't think but they again, really need just, to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just kind of setting the mood and say, hey. You're, 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 we're switching from the airport to the airplane itself, and it's uh, just a you know, second or two. Exactly. That's the job. Yeah, completely. And then we get to see Neil and Dell sitting in the plane. Neil reaches up and uh, plays around with the air conditioning nozzle, you know, which is, is something that, that, that's pretty funny that he's doing that because we've all done that. You know, you're sitting on the plane and it's yeah. hot. And you're you're opening that little nozzle, and you're hoping that a little bit of air is gonna just come out, just to make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think does well? I guess what's the issue with Neil and flying? Um, because I, obviously, like he's not, you know, he's not afraid of flying. He doesn't have a full-on phobia, but he does seem very uncomfortable. Um, like as you said, the, the way he kind of plays with the nozzle, trying to get some air. And then later, um, I don't know if it's this week, maybe next, or probably later this week, where, uh, you know, well, it's got to be this week. We're only, we're only dealing with, with yeah. the plane this week. So, so yeah, so week. it must be later this week. But I, I think it's, it's maybe not, not today, but in a, a future minute where he's very uncomfortable. And it seems more than just, you know, he, it's more than just being annoyed that this guy sitting next to him won't shut up. Right. I think it has more to do with the fact that he's used to being in first class. Mm -hmm. And then here he's, he's stuck in coach and he feels that he's crammed in as opposed to having much more room to move around, I guess. That, that's what I would think. Yeah, it just feels a little cramped. Yeah, I know I when I uh, – not that I can really afford business class or first class. I've, there's been a couple of times where I've been able to uh, either flying for business and, and, and get the company to pay for it or sometimes I've been able to catch in frequent flyer miles to get the bump up. I'm not a fan of flying myself. I'm kind of sympathetic to uh, 
to Neil in this situation, particularly being in the middle seat where it's like, I, again, you know, it's not the, it's not a phobia. I can fly, but I find it very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just like him. I'm going to be playing with the air, trying to get comfortable. I'm going to want, if I, you know, my preference is to have more room to stretch out, um, when I can. And yeah, that kind yeah. of, yeah, lead, you know, follow up on the, the earlier scene where he's arguing with the, the flight attendant about his seat assignment. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, Dell begins to introduce himself, and he goes, I never did introduce myself. Dell Griffith, American Lightning Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. I sell shower rings, the best in the world. And you are? So, I, first of all, this is, a com this is not a real company, American Lightning Fixture. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. There is a website for American Lightning Fixture, but it's like this very basic website, and it has pictures of like five different people in them, including Dell. So, <laughs> and, but the way that he, he speaks to Neil and he says, and you are, he's, he's, he's a chatty guy. You know, he's looking mm -hmm. for someone to talk to and Neil just doesn't want it. <laughs> and then Neil turns to him and goes, Neil Page. You know, he doesn't really give it in a, he's like, don't bother me with the, with the way that he responds. So, I mean, Steve Martin does a great job with this character by making him seem as if he just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and Dell does want to be there. Dell is a guy who lives in the moment, loves every minute of what he's doing. It doesn't matter where he is. You know, he makes the best of every situation and stuff like that. So at that point, Dell turns to him and goes, Neil Page, pleased to meet you, Neil Page. <laughs> so what do you do for a living, Neil Page? I think people should have a drinking game. How many times does Dell say Neil Page, you know, yeah. instead of just calling him, uh, you know, anything. And he goes, uh, marketing. With marketing. Super, super fabulous. Isn't that nice? <laughs> At this yeah. point. I wonder if that's just like a like a salesman trick to help him remember the name. That he ah, by saying the name names. over and over. Hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't think he about seems that. to remember, you know, he, he, you know, kind of, you know, remembers everyone he's ever sold uh, shower curtain rings to. He knows all these, um, you know, he knows all the, the hotel clerks. Um, <laughs> and then later on when, when they, um, uh, I think when they're in Wichita and they take the taxi to the hotel and he's like getting out and he's referring to the, the driver by name. Right. Like he's a guy like remembering names is very important to Dell, maybe not as important to Neil. Okay, um, that makes sense. We'll probably learn about him later. Yeah. Yeah. So then Dell pulls out this little uh, wallet and shows <laughs> and shows all the different types of shower yeah. curtain rings that that he's on. It's pretty funny that he actually has that 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 he wants. I mean, it makes sense that he that he would have it, but it's not something that someone would yeah. think in general that oh, a a marketer, someone who's sell, uh, you know, someone who's in sales is going to be walking around with something like this. So it's just it's just yeah. fun. It's a nice little cute, cute little wallet type of thing. So we see Neil just doesn't really want to have anything to do with him, and he picks up a magazine and starts reading the magazine next to him. Did Did you notice what what magazine it is? I did not. Okay, so it's it's GQ. Is it GQ? Okay. It's GQ, and I looked it up, and he's reading the May 1987 issue, which has Kevin Costner on the cover. Okay. I actually. Looked it up. It cost three dollars at the time, and if you want, you can buy it on eBay now for fifty bucks. 
I don't know why. I don't know why someone would want to, but that's a separate issue. And you can see, you know, you're you're a fan of the film. You want to maybe want to recreate some of these scenes. Maybe you can. (laughs) Okay. So when when I looked up the magazine itself, so I looked at what articles it has. So they they have it's called Total Summer Fitness Expert Tips to Look and Feel Great, Real Unzipped, The King of Divorce. Men's Secret Passions, and and there's this Kevin Costner article, which I actually was able to find the entire article online. We're not Mm going to read it. Don't worry. We're not going to go that deep. (laughs) It was an article. There's an interview with with Kevin Costner in May 1987 by Ellen Stern, and it's called Kevin Costner on the Ledge. So there were just a few things in the article that that I found funny because Kevin Costner wasn't a known name in 1987. At this point, he hadn't really been in very many movies. He wasn't he wasn't a lead actor. Mm-hmm. And he was in the process of filming The Untouchables when they did this interview, which was one of his first films as a lead actor. And one of his quotes in, in the article is, I have kind of a quiet career. It may be the quietest career in Hollywood. <laughs> that, that pretty much changed a few uh, weeks later, a few months later. Yeah, and, with The Untouchables. I mean, he had done... Um, he'd been in a few things like the big chill, although I guess, well, the big chill he was cut out of, big chill he was cut out of, yeah, he was in Silverado. Um, Yeah, it was in Silverado, probably his biggest film before, you know, up to this point. I, at this point, I would have known him from Fandango, which, um, I, I love, I think it's a great film, but in terms of, yeah, probably, uh, probably appropriate to describe the career up to that point as quiet. Yeah, but he described this career as that. That's the funny thing. That that's yeah. what he thought about himself. I mean, and I guess it's a good point to give a little shout out to to Jim's Silverado Minute, which is oh, yeah? running parallel to to us right here. So they're they're also on episode eleven today. So you can go over there to the Silverado Minute and catch up on those ten and a half, eleven episodes just to reach where where we are too. If anyone who's who's interested yeah, in that. Check that out. So did you, so in, in looking up the information on the, this issue of GQ, which, which article do you think uh, was written by a friend of Neil's? And do you think, is that just a line? That's just a line. You know, just, That's just oh, a line. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think uh, he's, he's, I mean, it's, it's a nice line, but like, why would a guy in marketing have a friend who's writing an article in GQ? It just, it sounds yeah. like he's stretching it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I'm not uh, saying. Yeah. That, I'm not saying people in marketing yeah. don't have friends who 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 write articles. <laughs> that people I'm in marketing do have friends. Um, what it could be, uh, sometimes kind of articles are written, uh, and I don't know if GQ does this. Sometimes there's articles or or items in uh, like um, like the daily local news, the evening news that are really they're really advertisements. They're kind of plants. They're more press releases than mm-hmm. than real stories. So maybe it's you know one of his marketing friends managed to get something placed. Maybe you know someone who's doing the marketing for the Untouchables managed Does to he? get uh, you know managed to get Kevin Costner on the cover and get the article. But uh, but I agree. I think I think that's a line he's kind of eating Dell to uh, yeah. um, you know kind of just impress upon how much he doesn't want to talk. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's one other quote that I wanted to, to, to bring up from, from this article. So they were, they, they discussed in this article, you know, they interviewed also Lawrence Kasdan about uh, working with Kevin Costner. 
And the, the question, and so then Kasner says that he's fearless. He's not cautious. He's just like a movie star. So mm-hmm. if, and it says, if you ask <laughs> Kasdan, if you ask Kasdan if Kasner would have been a good Indiana Jones, and he says, sure, but he really could have been McQueen in The Great Escape. So mm-hmm. for me, that mm-hmm. was just great, you know, because, you know, last season we did The Great Escape, and here I was able to find a quote from an article in 1987 that mentions The Great Escape and is connected through yeah. planes, trains, and automobiles. So that works well. Everything's connected. Everything's yeah, connected. completely. So Dell continues bothering him. And as, as you mentioned, you know, he <laughs> – Neil just looks over at him and goes, look, I don't want to be rude, but I'm not much of a conversationalist. <laughs> and I'd really like to finish this article. A friend of mine wrote it. So, and and Dell's responses to this are great. He's like shakes his head back and forth. He shakes his whole body back and forth. by saying, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. And the truth is he doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really, he, he's, he's a guy who doesn't pick up on these social cues. And he goes, oh, don't let me stand in your way. Please, don't let me stand in your way. The last thing I want to be remembered is is an annoying blabbermouth. And then starts chuckling. <laughs> yeah, because, of course, then for approximately, and there's a, don't want to spoil it in case there's anyone who hasn't seen the, the entire film yet, but basically for the next hour or so, all we get from Dell is annoying blabbermouth. Yeah. Exactly. And right up front, one of the first things he says is, well, the last thing I want to be remembered as. Right. So right. I, I, I chuckled I, along with <laughs> Dell at that line. Yes, completely. Me too. Now, I, one of the things I, I forgot to mention before about the, this article, when, when Neil is saying that he's trying to finish his article that a friend of his wrote, right? He just picked up the magazine a few seconds before. <laughs> we see him pick up, pick up the article, pick up the magazine and start flipping through and finding an article. So he must be just this might be a line. This must be a line. There's no way that this is true because he just got through it a few seconds ago. Unless you want to really stretch it and say, okay, he started reading it like 20 minutes ago and then put it down and then picked it up again. But I don't really think that that's <laughs> no, not really. And then Dell begins to say, you know, nothing. And then the minute gets cut off. So we'll have to come back tomorrow to find out what exactly he says in that next quote. So did you have anything else you wanted to say about this minute before I start talking about the, the different changes from the script, from the original script? Um, no, I'm about good. Yeah, I'm good okay. on my, uh, now, my notes for this minute. Well, now, I'm assuming, I'm assuming since, since you did this uh, day by day, you're a little bit familiar with the fact that the script is really, really long. And the original cut of the movie was nearly four hours. Yeah, supposedly <laughs> there – well, there's – yeah, there's like – I mean, this is – perfect comedy movie length it's like 90 minutes or 80 something 93, um, 93 minutes. yeah supposedly there's like a two or two and a half hour cut out there somewhere and then there's um there's a like there's footage for a theoretical like four hour cut that could be made but yeah this is this particular film i think john hughes in general is known for um writing a lot and filming a lot he writes very long yes. scripts mm-hmm. and then he likes to keep the camera rolling and doing a lot of takes just to kind of get um you know letting the actors kind of work things out and, and getting a lot so yeah this is um yeah so this yeah there's, a, there's it's a very long script and uh there's a lot of footage that was that was done right so th- there aren't that many differences between script and this minute but the first one is is 
that uh, when when Hughes uses description in his scripts, they're just great because <laughs> when Dell reaches his hand over, it says Neil looks at Dell's paw, reluctantly takes it. Dell pumps his arm. I mean, this is something that they're writing in a script. They're, you know, and he, the fact that he used the the term paw made me laugh because you know in just a few <laughs> in in just a few months or a few months earlier, you know. John Candy played Barf in Spaceballs. <laughs> and so, Spaceballs. So I'm not really sure if that is true or not. Now, the, the, the conversation that the two of them have is a little bit different here. But, you know, there, there's a whole thing that, that you have Dell take out a, a uh, calendar with naked women on it that was cut out for obvious reasons because mm-hmm. it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't really add much to it that we you know we had enough of him when he was reading the the novel the, last the week canadian, canadian mounted. Mounted, mounted right yeah. and then he starts talking about movies which i found very interesting he starts talking about the fact that that if it weren't for shower curtain rings janet lee probably wouldn't have caught her lunch in psycho <laughs> you know he talks about how and then he starts asking yeah. neil if he's actually seen psycho and things like that and he says the shower murder left a crap stain on the reputation of shower curtains the size of Texas. <laughs> so yeah, of course that makes you know, fits with the character that he would be an expert on the appearances yes. of shower, you know, shower curtains and shower curtain rings in in films. Yeah, yeah someone should do a podcast, you know, shower curtain rings in in, in movies. <laughs> I won't do it. Yeah, unfortunately, Dell's not around to do it anymore. You know, and then he started talking about the the, the birds from uh, Hitchcock, which also, you know, caused a lot of problems. People weren't buying parakeets after that. <laughs> so I mean, Hitchcock the, fan, this uh, Del Griffith is apparently. Apparently. And I mean, the conversation goes on really, really long. So I'm not really going to go into the whole thing about it. But but I just find it really funny that he did. And then he talks about the fact that he's he's traveled so much, he reads anything. And he starts talking about the fact that he's in the middle of a biography on Prince. And then he mentions what Prince's real name is. Do you know what Prince's real name was? I think, isn't it like it's it's, it's like Prince Rogers or Prince Nelson Rogers? You're, wow. Wow. That's pretty good. I I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't have even come close. It's, it's Rogers Nelson. At least according Rogers to Rogers Nelson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No, I just find it, it. It's just I understand why they cut these parts out. But still. <laughs> it's it's fun to read it and see that where Hughes was trying to go with this in the in mm-hmm. originally, and obviously there's no mention of the magazine article, and in in the script Neil's excuse is that he has a lot of work to do and that's why he can't talk to to Dell anymore. So those those are pretty much the, the various changes differences between the script and this minute. So. As I mentioned, as I mentioned last week and the week before, every Monday we have a new feature that we're going to be doing, which we're calling Martin Monday. Martin and Monday. each of my guests will tell me their top five performances of Steve Martin. So why don't you go ahead, Sean? You want to start with your number five and work your way up to, to your favorite performance or your best, the way you feel is the best performance? Yeah, I, you know, I, I it's, it's tough because. And I've got I've got more than five things list, listed here, um, so maybe you just cut me off at some point because uh, you know Steve Martin's done a lot of great stuff and had a long career, um, you know a lot of different phases where he's done a lot of uh, different types of stuff. Um, I'm gonna I'm, and I think this is 
this is one of the the, the top, but I don't know that we're we're talking about this. Uh, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. So I won't count that as one of my five. But what do you uh, mean? Of course you can. That, that that's the point. Okay. You want to count it. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see um, where, where people rank uh, planes, trains, and automobiles on, uh, on his career. I mean, this is probably my. I, this is my favorite of his films. I don't know if it's necessarily his best performance, but yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles probably the, the my number one uh, Steve Martin film. Okay. Um, you know some of the others. I mean, some of the great performances. Uh, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, really great as the statistic dentist. Uh, sadistic uh, dentist in, in that film. Uh, My Blue Heaven as a, you know the gangster in witness protection um, in that film. Good. I think it was really good in Spanish. A different type of film. He's done some dramatic stuff, and that's um, written and directed by David. Mann. Yeah. Good. Another um, another serious turn in Novocaine. Uh, which is, I think, another another instance of playing a, a dentist. Oh wow, uh, I'm not, I'm not familiar with Novocaine. There. Wow. Yeah, so I thought Novocaine was really good. It's sort of a, a modern day noir where um, uh, Steve Martin plays he's a dentist, and then um, uh, Helena Bonham Carter is sort of a femme fatale that comes into his life and. Uh, she convinces him they're they're gonna do crime. I think uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I really enjoyed it at the time. I think she convinces him to like help her kill, uh, you know, kill her boyfriend or her husband, and then um, uh, I don't want to give away too uh, too yeah, much. Yeah, please don't. I, I haven't seen it. Worth, <laughs> it's definitely worth seeing if you haven't seen it. And it, it is a really good uh, performance from Steve Martin. And again, it's a you know it's a serious dramatic performance, which is a nice turn from his usually. Um, comedic work, but then uh, you know he uses some of his special skills as a dentist come into uh, come into play there. So um, yeah, so Novocaine is that? Let's see. No, is that's that five? five. That's five. You got five. That's five. Oh man, this so I got. There's so many other great performances, but yeah. So if it, if it must be five, then five it must be. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, but yeah, I also want to say, like, I was uh, you know going back to to his stand up work. Um, Really good stuff, really interesting stuff that, that that Steve Martin did. And as a musician, I have a couple of his uh, a couple albums, a couple CDs. Oh wow! Uh, of of him playing banjo um, with a group, and then also he's he's put out um, I think a couple. I only have one, but uh, an album with Edie Brickell, uh of of New Bohemians fame, wow. where he's playing banjo and she's singing. So. Uh, Really, a, a man of many talents. Yes, and there's a lot of great stuff that he's done. But of of it all, this this might be the best. This all might right. be I, the best Steve Martin. You'll you'll have to wait until the end to find out what I think. But but I I hear what you're saying. How's <laughs> okay. that? All right. right, all right. So the other segment that we the segment that we do every day is our off the beaten track, where either my guest or myself will tell a short little anecdote about some sort of travel. A mishap mm -hmm. or experience that we've had. So, Sean, why don't you give us one little short okay. story of off the beaten track? Yeah. So this this doesn't quite um, devolve into uh, as much as an affair as uh, uh, Neil goes through here in this film. But I had uh, some experience with weather myself. Um, uh, I'm up in New England, and I was this is a few years ago. I was due to 
Uh, it's scheduled a vacation in New Orleans. It was supposed to fly out of Logan Airport in Boston down to uh, New Orleans. And just so happened a, a snowstorm rolled into Boston that day. So, uh, so I'm familiar with airports shutting down where just everything was canceled. Um, so, yeah, the, the snow was coming down. And unfortunately, my flight was sort of in the middle. Um, it's one of those things where if you had an early flight or early in the storm, you could sneak out. Um, but I was in the middle and I could see where we're, I'm, I'm with my wife. We're at the airport. We're looking at the windows at the terminal. We can see the plows, uh, you know, work, work in the runways and, uh, you know, they're, they're spraying the, the de-icer stuff onto the wings of the planes. Um, we were able to, so first they were, we got delayed and then we were scheduled to, uh, to take off. They'd given us a time where they were going to actually board the plane. It looked like we were going to get out. And then they had engine trouble. Then we had a mechanical issue that delayed oh, wow. our flight. Um, eventually, we did get out. We did take off. I'm trying to remember if we ended up on a different flight or of a different plane. But we were supposed to have a connection through Philadelphia. So we did not have a, a direct flight to New Orleans from Boston. And we ended up getting out of Boston, but we missed the connection. So we got to Philly. And at first... Um, we ended up and we got, it was very, very late when we got to Philadelphia and we're trying to convince the, the airline to put us up for the night. And they said, well, if it's, you know, weather related, that's not their fault. So, you know, we're kind of on our own, but we said, well, no, you know, we were delayed for the weather, but we actually were going to take off and we would have made the connection except for the mechanical difficulties. And we were able to finagle our way into, uh, getting a, a hotel voucher. So oh, wow. uh, the airline put us up for the night. Um, I don't know if that, <laughs> though, I don't know, you know, it's kind of sometimes when you win, you lose. Exactly. <laughs> um, so of course this is, you know, a free voucher from the airline and we're regular folks just flying coach. So they did, you know, they weren't sending us to the Ritz and I won't mention the name of the hotel chain, but I will say my wife will not stay at that hotel chain anywhere ever again. Wow. The, the, air, the, uh, the, the hotel that they sent us to was, um, yeah, the, the room was, <laughs> the room was not clean. We Ooh. were not comfortable. And, and, and fortunately we were only there for a few hours. I, I mean, I don't remember exactly what time it was probably, um, it was probably well after midnight by the time we, we got to the hotel. Um, and then we would have left, we would have, you know, got into the airport early in the morning to try to get the first flight from Philadelphia to complete our trip to New Orleans. So we were only there for a few hours. And I, I don't think my wife slept. She may have not even laid down. She may have just stood in the bathtub the whole oh, time, wow. not wanting to touch <laughs> anything. This this room was was very dirty. Now, at that point, I'm like, you know, this has been a long day of, of travel and delays and airports and shuttles. So I was... Um, uh, you know, I got over it. I'm like, listen, I got to I got to get some rest. I'm going to get some sleep. But um, she was <laughs> my wife was not happy with the accommodation. Like I said, um, she will she will not stay at, at that hotel. We were actually we, recently we, we did a drive um, for Christmas um, and my sister in law, my wife's sister um, lives outside of Pittsburgh. And, and again, we're up in, in New England near Boston and we were looking, well, you know, it's about a 10-hour drive. We'll try to make it in one day. But if we can't make it, if we need to stop, let's look at some hotels along the route. And, and I mean, this anything, is – Anything but that. 
<laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it. This may be twenty years later. I mean, at least fifteen, you know, fifteen to twenty years after this story occurs. And the one thing she said is, "You, you're not. We're not stopping at this particular chain." Wow. And I'm sure it's it's a. I won't again. I won't name names. I'm I'm guessing it's just because this is like the airport near or the the hotel kind of near the airport where most people are just passing through. Like I don't think. Um, you know, this is indicative of that chain as a whole, but uh, I'll never know because as long as I'm traveling with my wife, I'm never staying there again. Um, <laughs> okay, that, that's a great story. But it does have a happy ending. So in in the morning, we did catch the shuttle back to the airport, and uh, and uh, we were able to to complete our journey, and we eventually did make it down to uh, New Orleans only uh, only about a day late. So, okay. Uh, at right. least, at least it has a happy ending. But we did have it was a little uh, some interesting times making our way down there. Yeah, better than Neil and uh, Dell. <laughs> took them a little longer to get to their destination. Certainly. Certainly. All right. Great. So you want to tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, Sean? Yeah. So I am from uh, Next Scene Podcast, where we cover pop culture one scene at a time, and I do that with my brother Brian. And you can find that at nextscenepod.com and we are also at nextscenepod on all the social media excellent and as for me it's easy to find me just for movie rob minute anywhere online you can find it on facebook twitter my website or just send me an email at movierobminute at movierob.net so until tomorrow you're fucked you're fucked Sean, you got to do it awesome. All right. Oh, you're. So I, I, I thought I missed my chance I, when you did it. So I, yeah.